The Holy Gospel according to Luke. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off and protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. I really should have packed a smaller suitcase. I remember thinking as I lugged my 50-pound bag up the stairs to the train platform. It was the summer of 2016, and I was on a three-week school trip to Germany. We traveled the country and visited famous sites from Reformation history. It was a Lutheran's dream. But this was my first extended visit overseas, so I had spent a month meticulously researching online what to pack and preparing for every contingency. But it didn't take too many switches at train stations and transfers on bus stops for me to admit that I had literally weighed myself down by my need to be prepared. In today's reading, Jesus sends out 70 people ahead of him on a mission. And similar to the previous commissioning of the 12 disciples, he gives them very specific instructions. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals. Greet no one on the road. One translation says, travel light. There's a sense of urgency and expediency to the task at hand. And now, as modern-day disciples committed to God's work in the world, 
we can begin to imagine what it looks like to travel light. What do we leave behind and what do we carry with us? Well, first I would say we carry good news. Jesus sends the 70 on an evangelical mission. But wait, evangelical is a word that carries a lot of baggage these days, right? It's a word widely cast to describe Christians who hold more conservative values. And much to the chagrin of us more progressive Christians, seems to be the only version of Christianity we hear about in the media sometimes. Evangelical is a word that conjures up images of people handing out tracts, megaphones on street corners, traveling pairs knocking door to door, tent revivals. That doesn't really sound like the way we do things here. And yet, we are a part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. So what does that word mean for us? Well, I know... Michelle doesn't like it when I talk about Greek words, but, <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway because it helps. The Greek word, the Greek root of the word evangelion simply means good news or gospel. So our identification as an evangelical church means that we believe we have something important, good news to share with the world. We believe that the message of Christ is still relevant today, that there are real needs here that require attention, that require a word of hope. Jesus only provides two phrases when he sends these people out on a mission. The first is peace to this house, and the second is God is near. There's no salvation formula, no value judgments. No coercion tactics, just words of peace and comfort, just good news. Next, we carry our vulnerability. Researcher and author Brene Brown, who we love here, says vulnerability is having the courage to show up, be seen, and be heard when you can't control the outcome. I wonder how many of you remember an exercise in elementary school called show and tell. It felt like such a vulnerable offering to bring one of your most precious prized possessions before the whole class and explain why it was important to you. And now this is what we are called to do, to show our faith through how we live our lives, and then tell others why it is that we do what we do. The 70 likewise are sent out like lambs in the midst of wolves, and yet something remarkable happens. Their vulnerable state allows them to receive hospitality, form mutually beneficial relationships, and ultimately experience powerful change. Lives are healed, the power of God is revealed, and evil is cast down from heaven. And that's all awesome, Jesus says, but the real marvel is that you have been transformed. Vulnerability and openness to the Spirit creates space for God's redeeming work in the world. 
We also carry our identity. In a meeting with colleagues this past week, some of us shared about how holding a Christian identity in progressive circles can be difficult these days. People have their own images and ideas of what a Christian looks like, and it may or may not line up with who we are. For those of us in the queer community, revealing yourself as a Christian in certain spaces can feel like another coming out process. Whatever our struggles with identity, we know that it is Jesus who has sent us. The waters of baptism not only initiate us and hold us in community, but they are continually carrying us out into mission. Our unique and varied identities are gifts, not hindrances to this mission. Being firmly rooted in our baptismal identity is what gives us the courage to carry on when we are rejected. And when I was reading the gospel, I couldn't help but hear Taylor Swift's catchy pop song, Shake It Off, when Jesus tells the 70 to shake the dust off their feet if a town does not welcome them. Swift's lyrics capture the importance of maintaining identity in the face of criticism and rejection, which if you follow her, you know she's had a lot of. The player's going to play, the hater's going to hate, Heartbreaker's gonna break, faker's gonna fake, baby, I'm just gonna shake it off. <laughs> Truly knowing who we are empowers us to shake off the things that will weigh us down. We shake off the insecurity that we will not be enough. We shake off the fear that we will not have enough. We shake off the bias that excludes others from the kingdom of God. We shake off preconceived notions of how God works in our lives and the lives of others. And today, as we gather at the table, we share food for the journey. We equip and affirm one another in our shared vocation. Receiving the bread and wine communicates our need and our desire for what Jesus offers us. And as we carry our renewed selves into the world, we release our burdens to travel light and share the good news. Amen.